from the mountain. Won't you come on up? I'm the plowman in the valley, in the face full of mud. Yes, I am. And I know my call won't stop. Yes, I am fumbling. And I know I play a bad guitar. And I never came from your loving cause. Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with more sex. How you doing, pal? Another day in paradise. Indeed it is. Uh, the end of summer is upon us. Yeah. That's, uh, that song was a, uh, in memoriam for the Rolling Stones drummer who passed at 80 years of 80. age. 80. That's a good run. With Mick and Keith? I, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what can what more could you ask for? Um, yeah. It's a uh, it's a life well lived. Did I did I ever tell you that I sat next to Keith Richards on the Concord coming back from London, and <laughs> he had his entourage with him, and sitting behind him was the investment banker Henry Kravitz. Okay, you may or may not have heard of it. I've he heard was, of the name. Yep, he was okay. So. The uh, the Concord, it's like two and two, and the seats are like mm -hmm. sports car kind of seats, right? And so, uh, actually, I'm sitting across the aisle from Kravitz. Keith Richards is one seat ahead of Kravitz and sort of up and to my right, right? Mm -hmm. And he's just jamming with these two other guys. He's got like this Indian feather sticking out of his ear. Mm -hmm. and, I can see Kravitz it. Kravitz is trying to read. <laughs> And you can tell he's getting more and more irritated. And it's, I'm just having a ball watching this thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, to the guy's credit, he just kind of shook his head. He closed the book. He stood up and he started talking to Richards. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. smart play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. There was uh, actually one more uh, <clears throat> interesting Concord experience. Um, so uh, in that period where I was going up and back from London, the, the firm uh, was very benevolent with me in terms of trying to make my travel schedule as easy as possible. So Sunday night, I'd take a first-class flight over, which is really, really nice. And then Friday coming back, I'd hop on the Concord, which left London at 7, and landed at New York Kennedy at 5. Mm -hmm. 7 p.m. when yep. at 5 p.m., right. Okay. Um, one time... Uh, Cheryl came to visit during my work week because, you know, towards the end, I was getting pretty, it was getting pretty lonely and pretty thin. So anyway, I had all these frequent flyer miles saved up. And so she comes over and we are going to take the Concord back together. And the way it was set up at Heathrow, the Concord had its own gate and own waiting room. So you didn't have to hang with the riffraff, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we're in there and the, you know, I'd like to say we were drinking champagne, eating strawberries, but <laughs> we don't really drink champagne and right. strawberries. But, you know, I was probably nibbling on a mm -hmm. sandwich or something. And so, you know, it's like 
Gianni Versace is in there. Actually, it was his sister Donatella. Okay. Versace. Wow. Mm-hmm. You had Elton John was in there. Come on. Pete uh, Townsend was in there. What year is this? Can we timestamp this? 90... Uh, 98, maybe. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, uh, and there's a number of like investment bankers. and Okay. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, you know, this is the kind of thing you read about where like the plane goes down, right? Right. <laughs> but, you know, I just kind of write it off because that's, <laughs> yeah, because that's how I just view life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Chicken Little wasn't wrong. Chicken Little <laughs> was just early. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I, I show can tell I'm tense and she says, what's going on? I said, nah, it's nothing. Anyway, apparently she's having the same thought. Okay. Anyway, so of course, you know, gift of fear. We do nothing about it, right? We get on the plane and we take off. And midway through the flight, it feels like we hit something. Like there's this fucking shock in the plane, right? And uh, engine number one startles. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, I'm thinking, hey, well, we must have hit a bird. And I'm like, wait a minute, we're 57,000 feet. Yeah. <laughs> up here. <laughs> That's not my beautiful wife. Um, so the guy comes on the uh, 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 speaker and says, uh, you know, we've lost an engine. It's not a big deal. Uh, the only shortcoming is we're going to have to go subsonic because we don't have the speed and because we're going subsonic, it's going to take us six hours instead of three hours and 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, great. Just get us there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's fine. So I don't know, some amount of time later, there's a second disruption. Now this time, shit goes flying. Like if you were eating, like there's a good chance. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So now, (laughs) uh, I think, well, this isn't this isn't good, uh, but we're st- we're still in the air, and the guy comes on the the, the uh, thing and says, uh, you know, okay, so we think we know what the problem is, and um, we're going to have to go a little slower. We're not going to have enough fuel, so we're going to go to Boston. Okay, well, still, you know, it seems like it's fine, and you know, it's just like. Uh, you're starting to drink now a little bit. And and then, I don't know, 15 minutes later, like nothing had changed other than like the flight engineer had come out and he's like looking out the window at the engine, which is just Stop. not a great, Stop. it's not a great visual, right? This is all true. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, a few minutes later he comes on and the demeanor has completely changed. <laughs> it's like, um, we're going to Halifax. Click. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Next stop, Halifax. Yeah. Over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, uh, yeah, so the end of the story isn't all that exciting. We land and we get transferred. and But uh, yeah, so that was my that was my thud on the Concord. Jeez. Well, there are guys at Greenwich Capital now in the trading room, and they see it hit the tape, like engine explosion on the Concord. And they're like, Where's Morris? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, Morris is on that flight. So, 
So Lisa, Kate, and Maddie, you you could have been orphans, but uh, sorry. Jeez. Yeah. Now we could all all ahead of the state tax stuff. <laughs> yeah, you weren't worried about that stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't have to. Right, 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 right. You could have lost uh, Elton John, who's a you know who's a global treasure. And and to her credit, before we took off, Cheryl nutted up. She walked up to the guy, and she said. Forgive me, but I just wanted to tell you I'm a really big fan. And he said to her, that's so nice of you to say, thank you very much. And she did the smart thing, which was she took that and she left. And Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, now, yeah. now, what I, I didn't do was I had the CDs for Quadrophenia. Now, that would have been a great opportunity to get Pete's. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he looked like he's a, a little bit nasty. Guy. Yeah. 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 He's nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Got he's it. Nasty. So anyway, present day, here we are. Here we are. And uh, you work today, huh? Yep. Yep. Money Is grows it, on trees out here. It's unbelievable. Isn't it's it? crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. The people have more, more money than they know what to do with. Yeah. Well, is that the yeah. theme? Is that is that? No, well, that never. Does that not, does you that know, not that, jive? Does that not jive with your? No, it it it. it you know, it's interesting. Um, that never lasts, by the way. But enjoy it. <laughs> so funny, man. My boss said the same thing today because I was bragging about the numbers I put up all week, and he goes, "Well, yeah, well, enjoy it now because we've known." And I was yeah. like, "You know, you guys are all the same, you know, like because <laughs> it won't last." Meanwhile, you know, like. Anyway, <laughs> well, it, number one, it won't. Number I two, know. we were young once too, right. and we were like, you know, I what do I do with all there this, was this movie, There was this movie. I forget. It's like, oh, um, Bull Durham. You know, mm -hmm. the guys like, you know, I'm young. I know what fun's all about. Mm. Like, okay, mm -hmm. okay, Rube. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, do you want to talk? And and you're the host, so I will pose this question and I will follow your lead. But there was a brouhaha at a week ago's Wednesday night ride. Do you want to talk about that now, or do you want to talk about that later? Let's talk about it later because okay. we have to get down to business. Okay, yeah, because uh, one of our friends commented how last week mm -hmm. it was inside mountain biking mm -hmm. with old mm -hmm. chestnut and mm -hmm. we talked about like if the guys didn't want to listen mm -hmm. to the biking part they could drop off and mm -hmm. he felt like you were very close to jumping the shark there so okay so I, I, actually if i may i i do think there's a fair amount of stuff i'd like to explain to you because I, I i i think it's one of those things that it's an important point that i'd like to make and uh it's, and I was thinking a lot about this earlier today. It's not in any way trying to predict which way any of the markets is going to go. What I'd like to do is talk about what I saw and hopefully weave a thread to sort of set up a way to understand about how things work, which, you know. There was a famous quote I came up with. You know, you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Mm -hmm. You heard that one, right? Mm -hmm. That was mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. uh, no, that was Kathy Wood. Um, okay, so we we had a few things go on this week. Uh, in order of importance, Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. 
And I say in order of importance because, you know, many people died. Agreed. And there's a lot of bad karma. And okay, so there's that. Um, there's the statement by uh, Jay Powell mm -hmm. at the Fed meeting. Yep. Uh, and then uh, there were a number of Fed governors, including the vice chair, uh, Clarita. Multiple and, statements. Yep. Yeah. So um, the, the easy part is talking about uh, the Powell statement. Okay. So uh, if you haven't watched the markets Friday, everything went up except the dollar, which makes sense. And the dollar went down, but not a ton, but it, it went down. And when you dissect uh, what was said, I, I think, I don't think I necessarily learned anything in terms of like what it meant, but more like they verbalize what we have been talking about. Yeah, they so, reinforce what they've been saying. Well, yeah, and I want to I want to uh, break it down and explain a few things. Uh, and I don't know what kind of order I'm going to get this in, but um, so there's what what Powell said, and I I sort of have the thing in front of me. Um, and one of the quotes was, we have much ground to cover to reach maximum employment and time will tell whether we have reached 2% inflation on a sustained basis. Okay. So he says, we're not there on unemployment and we don't know if we're there on inflation. Right? Yeah. Okay. The unemployment rate has declined to 5.4%, a post pandemic low but it is still much too high and the reported rate understates the amount of labor market slack. Yep. Long-term unemployment remains elevated and the recovery in labor force participation has lagged well behind the rest of the labor market. Okay. So, you know that, you know, Marsha, 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 mm -hmm. well, it's, it's labor, labor, labor. Yep. And this is sort of the point we've been talking about that, they're focused on the labor market and they're less focused on inflation. Now, if I could break this down, because I think this is the thing that everybody's missing. Okay. So if you read the news, 105 out of a hundred economists say the fed should be tapering. They're too easy. They're going to create inflation yada, yada, yada. Okay. Awesome. Except these guys don't understand. The Fed's job in the ivory tower is maximum employment and stable inflation. Okay. What dawned on me is, and I want to be very careful how I phrase this because I don't want to get canceled with the woke culture okay but within the last year you've had riots you've had looting you have an increase in murders you had some unknown group mob congress right 
Yep. So we've basically had as much civil disruption in the United States as we've had all the way back to when, you know, I was eight years old in Chicago in the Democratic Convention. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, that's with household net worth going up. Yep. Consumer savings going yep. up. Yeah. What would happen if all of a sudden people had trouble getting food? We're, we're not talking about the greatest generation that learned to suffer or came through the Depression. We're talking about, you know, it's been pretty cush around here, right? So the thing about the inflation debate is if I'm the Fed, okay, and I understand that if this economy slows, I have no room to lower rates, number one. Number two, quantitative easing has really just increased the wealth divide. It's made the rich richer, right? Plus, it just ends up uh, facilitating the increase in the national debt. So I want the economy to run hot because if it doesn't, I don't have the kind of flexibility that I have if there's inflation. And you know what? When Volcker choked out inflation, I think he jacked the funds rate up to, let's say, arguably 20%, right? But it wasn't it. Four, you know, mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. it was a 10 or 12 or 14, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. So you want to choke off inflation? You can eliminate the QE. That's debatable whether that causes inflation, right? But let's just say it does. We nuke that. That's a piece of cake. Yeah, you jack, that's a phone call, right? Yeah. You jack the funds rate up 50 basis points every three months, which, by the way, I've seen multiple times in my career, okay? And in two years, all right, inflation will be dead. The economy will be in the uh, the crapper. Your boss and I will have been right because it doesn't last. But that's much more solvable than a deflationary spiral. And that's sort of the risk that I think the Fed, rightly so, okay, is uh, is um, is talking about. So we talked about Powell, chairman, uh, Clarita, vice chairman. You know, he got interviewed, and um, his remarks, uh, the the things I kind of underlined. He said basically, uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, They won't be in a hurry to raise rates. Um, Talked about how um, if the economy continues to grow at this pace and the unemployment continues to drop at the same rate, you know, then it would be appropriate to talk about tapering. He said, we did set out a test for slowing the pace of our purchases in December. We wanted to see that substantial further progress towards our mandate. 
Fed Reserve Vice Chair Cleary just said in CNBC. We've certainly met that standard with regard with regards to inflation. We've made progress on the labor market. He noted that in July, officials decided that the labor market had more gains to make before meeting the guidance. We've had 800,000 jobs for the last three months, so I expect these that those gains will continue in the fall. And if that happens, I will also support commencing reduction in the pace of our purchases later this year. Bingo. 800,000. Yep. It's a freaking huge number. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. By the way, 800,000, a million, 500,000, same. Except, okay, if it goes from 800,000 to 500,000, now they got they get to drag their pivot foot if they want. Right? Right. And so it's a moving target. Exactly. Which is exactly what they want. Bingo. Right. Yep. So you got the Fed chairman and the vice chairman. Okay. That's it. The yep. rest of these chuckleheads. Bullard. By the way, are, yep. none of them are voters. Yep. And but I mean, we've talked about Bullard before. He's not a, right, right. Okay. So you know what? Go open a Twitter account, you Fed chairman, and talk to your heart's delight because you vote. It don't matter. Mm-hmm. So sit down. Yep. So I guess what one of the things I wanted to point out was this notion about the Fed understands its situation, not so much with social policy, but social protection, right? And I, I, I kind of explained why I think they want to err on, on, um, uh, on that side. Um, the thing you have to keep in mind, and I talked about, we talked about this a while ago about the Chuck Knobloch. Like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I, he's my second baseman. He's my mm-hmm. second baseman. Oh, I got a new mm-hmm. second baseman. You're never, you're never going to see a Fed chairman come out and go, "Oh, we're fucked." Right, right, right. It's no. always it's always going to be things are good, and I know you might tell me they're not good, and I'm telling you you're wrong. And by the way, if you're right, uh, I'll fix it. Right, and I'll see you but in three months. Yeah, and and you know, there's that's just not how it works. Where they're going to sit here and tell you um, that uh, it's no good. So when they when they use words and. Um, I don't know that I'm going to be able to find it with any uh, speed, but when I saw what Powell had said, it was a lot of ifs and coulds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you sent me that email. That's all you said. If. Yeah. If. If. Right. Uh, you know, so to quote Liam Allen, it's a moving target, and it's going to remain a moving target. Now, so the stocks went up. The bonds went up, the metals went up. Every, you know, like I said, everything went everything up. Everything went up, yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, for like my metals position, because uh, I know we've talked about that. So if uh, two weeks from now, I was talking with some uh, email with a, um, a, newsletter kind of guy uh, we've been going back and forth on the metals for a while and i said if the metals don't significantly perform in the next two weeks uh i'm uh i'm cutting the position in half 
And he's like, well, that'll be September 11th. I said, well, okay, <laughs> move it to the 13th. And then yeah, yeah, back, exactly. The 13th? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, how about 220, 221, whatever yeah, it takes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, mm. uh, you know, I, look, I don't have a lot at risk on that stuff now, but if it's ever going to go, yeah, it's got to go now. Because, yep. you know, people are sitting at home, and, and this is kind of interesting how these things work, you know, uh, from, from a market's perspective. You'll get information. This in this case, it was a Friday, right? But it could be a Monday, Tuesday, any day of the week. But what I what I've always found interesting is, quite often you'll get news, okay, and you'll get a big move like we got on Friday, and then the next trading day, whether it's a Monday or whatever it is, you get an enormous move because people have had some time to digest what uh, what's going on there. Mm -hmm. yep. And that's to me why I think if these metals, which have been, you know, eight pounds of shit in a four-pound bag, th there's nothing left. There's no more good news out there that could possibly come short of a nuclear bomb going off. I was going to say, Fort you need Knox. some really bad news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you need the movie about that. <laughs> you need the crypto thing to fall apart. You need, you know, well, like, I mean, crypto got cut in half and it didn't help. I know, I know, well, I know. So, okay. So, can, can can I try and weave our way into Afghanistan now? By all means. And 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 so now, just a snarky comment, and then I'll try and be a grown up. First of all. The, the amount of whining by people, okay, they they couldn't get Trump out of office fast enough. Yep. Right? The the press was like mm -hmm, every mm -hmm, day, mm -hmm, you know, yep. bad guy, bad guy. Okay. So you got Biden in there, okay. And, you know, I've, I may have mentioned this before. There's two words. One's called a retreat. And one's called a route. And a route is a disorganized retreat. So this is not the first time people have tried to extract themselves from a battle or a war, and it's not been easy. Now, you know, I'm not going to try and promote or defend the administration, okay? I'll leave that to everybody else who seems to have an opinion yeah. with no ability to back it up. You know, they know they got to get the people out of there. You're in a hostile environment, okay? And uh, it's just not going to go well. There's just yeah. no way it's going to go well. Yeah, see, that's how wars end, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they were doing miracles, putting 800 people on C-17s, flying them out of that, you know, dirt strip of an airway, whatever the number was, however many people they got out in that week, you know, um, and yeah, for this, it's a miracle. It's a, it's amazing that the series, uh, that they didn't blow up one of the planes. Um, oh, it's not over yet, right? No, I know, I know. Um, no, it's 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 tragic, you know. And I don't know who you blame. You can go. I don't want to do it. I don't want to. You can go back through four presidents, four administrations. But you know, when you hear the Marines on the ground complain about the leadership, um, 
those are the people that yeah. you've got to trust. You know, you got to listen to those guys that say, look, well, it, you know, you fish saw that one guy, yeah, right? Of course. Saw- yeah, absolutely. Got relieved yeah. of his command. Yep. I, well, that, that was, yep. like, that was a given. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. That's not the way the Marines work. Nope. Nope. Not um, at all. But, uh, so, okay. So let's just set the grumpy old man stuff aside. Okay. Cause I think I, what I want to talk about with the Afghanistan thing is something that, uh, I think applies to, to the markets. Now I don't, I've said this many times. I don't talk about the war stuff, uh, as it relates to wall street in any way to diminish the fact yep. that war is for real. And this you've wall street stuff clear is, about that. Okay. No, you've, you've said that. Okay. Thank you. But it, to me, it, war is the ultimate situation. It's just, it's, it's life yeah. or death. Yeah. So, you know, 500 years ago, the smart guys were the guys who knew how to run armies. And, and so, you know, you, you see a lot of sophisticated ways to manage people. And some of those ways are applicable to other things. So that, once again, as you said, I've said this before, I just don't want anyone to misinterpret my respect for the service. Thank you. Yep. Okay. Um, so the Afghanistan thing. Now, basically, and I don't, I'm not going to have the dates right, but the U.S. thought they had to like August 31 before the thing was going to be done. And so basically the... Taliban uh, took over Afghanistan three weeks early, three mm-hmm. and a half weeks early, whatever. And, and whatever the, the, the time limit was, it was substantially more aggressive than what had been anticipated. Okay. That's what I want to focus on. The notion that you have an assumption about how something's going to go, and that changes. So there's there's two quotes that I I like uh, in this regard. The the first one is simple. It's the Hemingway. You know, how did you go broke? Two ways: slowly, then suddenly. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the better quote is this economist that I spoke to a couple of times. His name is Rudiger Dornbush. Uh, he was at MIT and, uh, <clears throat> I noticed he died at 60. So at, at 61, I, I feel a little funny, but, uh, Hey, he was an economist. Uh, I can, <laughs> yeah. University of Chicago too. Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> anyway, he had a quote, which stuck with me, um, in economics, things take longer to happen than you would expect. And when they happen, they happen much quicker than you can imagine. Something along those lines, right? Yep. yep. And so um, I don't know how to put this all together exactly, but um, it's just the way things seem to work that you can stand around all day waiting for something to happen. And then the next thing you know, it's happened and it's over, right? And so when guys on Wall Street are building these financial models, 
they build all, in all sorts of assumptions about how things are going to go. Right? I love talking about the models. Yeah. The okay. models. Oh, please. Okay, good. So um, the, the, the basic stuff these guys do involves distributions of outcomes. So in English, what does that mean? It means how many different prices can something end up at? Mm-hmm. Okay, I yeah. think that's pretty simple, right? And so what they'll do is they'll go back and look historically at the prices and see how they've moved. And they'll plug those prices into the calculator mm-hmm. and they'll get a range of outcomes. That's called the distribution. Okay. Then this is where it goes south. They start using statistics. Okay. And those statistics tend to measure how far the price of the underlying security should be expected to move. Yep. Yep. And they apply some form of distribution to these possibilities of outcomes. So 50% of the time it's going to end up where it's at. 20% of the time it's going to end up 3% higher. You know, and you're going to iterate such that it's going to look sort of like a bell curve kind of thing, right? And then they'll they'll get these uh, kind of second order statistics to tell you how likely it is it falls into one of these outcomes. And so they'll say, well, it's a one standard deviation move if it ends up here. It's a two standard deviation move if it ends up here. It's a four standard deviation move if it ends up here. It's a five standard deviation move if it ends up here. It's a six standard deviation. Okay, you're with me, right? Oh, okay. yeah. So um, I'm going to cut to the chase here. A three standard deviation move means it should happen once a year. A four standard deviation move means it should happen once every 43 years. 43. Yeah, but wait, there's more. A five standard deviation move, it should happen once every 4,776 years. Yeah, once every ice age. Uh, A six standard deviation move, once every 1.38 million years. Yeah. Okay, so Models. you can only imagine what an eight oh, standard. Yeah. Okay, it's right. like forget yeah. about it. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. so um, that's why all of a sudden you'll hear about a guy. So oh, I can't believe it was a four standard deviation move today. And it's like no, you're you, the, it ain't because it's you're more likely than not to get a similar move the next day. Yeah, your model's wrong. Yeah. Your model was wrong going into it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, as you know, I, I have a fascination with options. Keeping in mind, I don't understand the math, but I understand right. the theory. And so, what I have in front of me, it's too bad we don't have like a web page or something. It's coming. I would love it's coming. To I, I yeah, talked yeah. to. I talked to this. Management. You talked to people. Yeah. Talked to management. Is that in our next contract? Well, yeah, it's, okay. you should see the rider I'm working on. Unbelievable. I like what you've done here. 
I like it. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, I'm looking at the footnotes to the Merton paper reviewing the Black-Scholes option model. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so basically, let's see if I can find this, because, you know, I, I only prepare by bringing stuff. I don't necessarily write down what I want, but um, it, there's something I underlined that said, however, the possibility of a large finite jump in price significantly increases the, this probability and hence makes the option more valuable. Yep. Right. So guys are using option models, and the fact that there's the possibility of a large jump, uh, the model doesn't account for that, and it's biased such that it understates the value of the option. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the other thing I underlined was, moreover, these differences will be magnified as one goes to short maturity options. So an option that's got a month to go, mm -hmm. it's going to have a, a bigger impact yeah. if you get the the lottery effect, right? Absolutely. So um, how do uh, let's think about how we can put this all together, right? So we have the Rudiger Dornbush talking about how things take longer than you expect. We have the real life example of Afghanistan, where you assume between DARPA and NORAD and the RAND Corporation and the CIA and NSA, they, they should have had a pretty good read on how long that would take, right? Mm -hmm. Well, they're, they're using models. Yep. And, you know, this is a real-life example of once something starts to go. So uh, what does that mean in the current environment? Well, you know, in the short run, things seem to be pretty stable vis-a-vis -vis the economy and um, sort of the mood and the zeitgeist, right? I mean, we haven't had a whole lot of rioting. Uh, I mean, the murder rate's up, the suicide rate's up, depression rates are up. Yeah, it's a mess. It's, you know, it's, it's so, you know, I, I just think... Uh, it's, you know, like to quote Christopher Warren, I urge caution. Mm. But, um, you know, uh, I really think the economy is slowing with all due respect to the business you're seeing. Mm -hmm. um, the consumer sentiment numbers, you remember we talked last time how they had come out and they're, they're bad. Mm -hmm. uh, there's this is no, that sugar high wearing off that you talked about boom, forever. Exactly. Yep. And and so you can't, I don't know how you dig a hole, right? Give away all this money and not have to come and pay the piper. And that's why, going back to the Jerome Powell thing, I think they understand that the real risk is it's the sugar high. The inflation stuff is transitory. And uh, that's going to burn off, and they don't want to go into a, a deflationary spiral. So with no with no tools left. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's it. They're kind of yep yep. So I mean, does that all kind of make common sense to you? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I love those models. Those models always get people in trouble. You know, oh. how many times have we talked about? I mean, just, it started with. 
I mean, for me, it started reading about long-term capital when they had the MIT kids come in and their models and, you know, the models say this and the models, you know, will lever it up and look, look you know, we yeah. know how that ended. Um, well, and then let's repeat with the housing, right? Yeah. Because yep. they, they assumed housing prices uniformly across <sighs> the country couldn't go down. Yep. And yep. Uh, then they misaligned the incentives, right? Because they incentivized brokers to go out and get people to buy houses they couldn't afford. Yep. And then the banks made the loans because they securitized them and shoved them off to somebody else, right? No, and who got left holding the bag? Well, ultimately, you and me. Right. Yep. So. Um. All right. Well, here we are at all-time highs. Um, and, you know, market clicking away as usual. I mean, we've been saying that for 32 weeks now. Um, it's just it's, it's just astounding. And I, I appreciate you reminding me I've been wrong 32 weeks in a row. You got it. At least you're going to get out of that metals position. <laughs> it's, a t- <laughs> it's a trend. Yeah, right. Exactly. So to tell you how pathetic I should have gone. Hold on. I should have gone on the first episode and given people my 13 stocks. Let me tell you, because 32 weeks later, I mean, I got news for you, pal. We'd all be down at the boat club together. Pretty much could have picked any 13. Right. (laughs) Exactly. The okay. rising tide carries all boats. Thank you. Um, thank you. Right. The keeping monkey it, could have done it. Ever done? See? Okay. No, no, not the monkey. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe. But, um, you know, keeping in mind, it's hard for me to go without pussing on somebody. Oh, oh um, you mentioned. Uh, what? Go ahead. You're going to talk I, about Kathy's spiritual, the Holy Spirit? I Coming did. to her in Wilton? Because <laughs> if, he's, if he's in Wilton, he can stop by Greenwich and maybe give you a tip or two. You know, like, is that what happened? Get out of the metals, Morris? Wham, Mrs. Wood said last year on the Jesus Calling podcast, which is centered on the devotional writings of a best-selling Christian author, Sarah Young, quote, I really feel like that was the Holy Spirit just saying to me, okay, this is the plan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Most of my friends told me I was nuts, and yet I wasn't listening to them. I knew that I needed to follow God's will for me, she told a Christian ministry organization in 2016. That was the only way I was going to be happy. If a trader came to me and said, I want to put this trade on Morris because Jesus told me to, it'd be like, stay right right there. And I'd be like, security. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you need help. Are you okay today? We'll get you help. Um, I was raised in an Irish Catholic household. I went to Catholic school. I would think that, you know, the, the way I understood that God would have better things to do than knocking on a wealthy woman's roof in Wilton Hello? and saying, hey, <laughs> just by the way, you know, I've got a, a great idea to make you vastly wealthy. <laughs> that's not how it works in the that's Catholic your, school that I was taught. That's <laughs> your calling? Yeah, go out and make a fortune because that's what Jesus shit. wants you to do. She's yeah. been getting tons of publicity just this past week, man. The and the clock's ticking, you know. And I, she's it, loving it. She's loving oh. every. You you want to know how I know? I I know because if you go and this is not stalking. This was professional research, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. like Pete Townsend going to that mm-hmm. child pornography site. All research. Um, if you go to Google. And type Kathy Wood in images. There's oh. a zillion pictures of her, and the bulk of them are poses, mm-hmm. which means oh, yeah. she's sitting down. Okay, oh. she has a cult following, 
and you yeah. know what the problem is? That cult overlaps with Elon. Those two, the cult com- is comprised of Kathy's mama, and then Elon, and then you can put Bitcoin under in, underneath their little uh, as their little offspring. But those three, man, oh, yeah. oof, oh. So yeah, she okay. in in two thousand and nineteen. These are rough numbers mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. sources believed to be reliable, but cannot be guaranteed. She had ten billion under management. Oh, She's I got know. 84, 85, 85. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, oh, that's awesome. I mean, awesome. first of all, is, is I read this Buffett quote today. It's like performance comes and goes, but fees are always there. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, from that other movie, God, I hope you saw this trading places, whether, our clients, there. whether our clients make money or lose money, Duke and Duke get the commissions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we'll 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 see. I mean, uh, I, this is this will probably sound blasphemous. I I beg the dear Lord's forgiveness, but mm-hmm. if Je- I'm waiting for, you know, so Jesus told her to get in. Mm-hmm. So I mean, two yeah. questions. One is, is he going to tell her to get out? That's a great or, question. Or is it going to be? The thing cuts in half, and she's like, "Jesus, where are you?" <laughs> right. You go in at six thirty in the morning. You guys have to sit in the conference room. We'll open up the Bible, and you say a prayer, and you know the the divine wisdom will be bestowed upon you. Running eighty five billion dollars. Can you imagine? We're, well, I mean, can I imagine? I, yeah, I mean, I yeah. guess. I, 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 the part I can't imagine. I mean, yeah. first of all, I'm, I'm Jewish, okay. right? So okay. the Jesus thing, no disrespect. It's oh, just please. A, it's just a little hard for me. Understood. I, you know, it, right. it's like trying to throw a baseball left-handed. I just Got don't it. know how to do it. Right? I, I, I totally understand. He, he, you know, he's been good to a lot of people. Yeah, he had a good, he had a great 2020. It would be nice if he could fix Afghanistan, you know. <laughs> Go ahead. So I went to Israel a couple of years ago, and I never went there because yeah, you were dragged kicking and screaming, weren't you? Uh, well, pretty much. the The long and the short is, I didn't want to go because I was worried about the, the safety and mm-hmm. with the kids. Well, anyway, the kids were old enough, and so it's one of these things. You know, you talk about trips people take, and some people like this place, some people don't. Some, uh, anyway, a hundred percent of the people that I spoke to about Israel, not only said it was good, they said it was transformative. Wow. Yeah. Now, you know, even I'm as stubborn as you have seen me be with some of these positions in my life. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I know when enough's enough. And so we went. And uh, the reason I bring it up is uh, – there's this place. So you know when uh, in the story when they're going to crucify Jesus, like he's got to carry the cross, mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, Calvary like, or whatever. Yeah, there's like a path he takes, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, Sharon Round Hill Road, Round Hill Road, yeah. up by <laughs> up by John Street. Right. <laughs> no, that's the um, that's the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, uh, we're standing at this corner, and these church groups are reenacting 
this thing. Wow. wow yeah. In like the guys dressed up as Jesus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or what they thought Jesus was wearing. Mm-hmm. And he's dragging a cross. Oh, yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. fuck, this actually, yeah. I mean, did it happen? Uh, who knows? But if it did, they claim this is where it happened, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Which you know leads me to this horrible joke that I, I talk about, which is you know they. We, so this part is true. So Cheryl and I were uh, two years ago. We were in New Zealand, and we were supposed to go visit Dudley, in uh, part of Australia. But like the thing burned down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like literally, the hotel burned to the ground. Right. Yeah, I remember. So we end up going and staying at uh, Cape Kidnappers, which is I, I mentioned this right. Well, anyway, we're ha- we we meet this other couple, and they're from the south. Did I tell you this? No, I don't think so. No, okay. no. Okay. So anyway, you know, like they have at these rich places, they have cocktail hour, right? And in most of them, nobody talks to each other. I, you know, I, I there's a part of me that likes to kind of like make the feeling uncomfortable. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the time to time, I'll just go start talking to someone to see what sure. happens. So mm-hmm. anyway, we meet this other couple, and uh, the woman grew up in Minnesota, but she married a guy from Chicago, and they moved they they moved to Atlanta like twenty years ago. Okay. So now they both got this heavy Southern accent, which is impossible to develop when you're an adult. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. Once mm-hmm. you passed yeah. eleven, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. So anyway. Uh, she's finds out we're Jewish and she starts talking about, well, the Jews killed Christ. And I said, you know, I, now I wasn't there. Right. I, That's I got a great snark. I got an alibi. Right. Right. <laughs> but I said, you know, I think the Romans, Romans killed right. Christ. And, uh, so this woman says, well, weren't the Romans Jews? And I'm like, you know, you're getting out of my area of expertise, mm-hmm, but I, mm-hmm. I don't think so. But I was reflecting, I was reflecting on this not that long ago. And this is the this is kind of the, the mm-hmm. we may have to cut this out in post-production. I know the Jews didn't kill Christ. Because Jews aren't gonna kill a guy. By nailing them to two pieces of wood and hanging up in the air. For, that's, that's not how we operate. That's very Romanesque. Right? Yeah, I mean, you, could you see like no. Meyer, Meyer Lansky? No. Or any, no, it's Stop. like, Stop. you know, it's like the, in The Godfather, two shots in the head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, boy, we're going to burn. I'm going to burn in hell after this. No, please. Um, speaking of burning in hell. The Wednesday Night Ride. Yes. Okay. Thank the great segue. Okay. Pro segue. This is now, in my opinion, this is the most competitive, consistent group ride in the country. There's a couple other ones you want to talk about the shootout in Tucson, whatever. This has been going on for uh, you want to call it ten years now. The Wednesday Night Ride. Oh yeah. Oh no, it's been going on fifteen. Uh, the eighties, I think. Come on, really? Yeah. Okay, well, that well, explains it's cer- the route. It's certainly 1992. Wow. Okay. Minute, right. so and and well before that. 
that even makes my point even even easier to make. Guy shows up on an e-bike. Yeah. Okay. Now you got a hundred men and women. Okay, on this ride, some of which are accomplished, competitive athletes, professionals. There is multiple national champs there. Okay, on a regular basis. Right. Guy shows up on an e-bike, rides the front. They asked him not to come back. And he said, I'm going to come back. All right. Something about like he wants to come back. And then people, other started people, other people started chirping at the leader of the ride, trying to promote and make it acceptable and call on the guys, the ride leader an asshole for telling the, the saying the e-bikes aren't allowed. Yeah. Soci- that, that is what the world has come to that. He thinks it's okay to show up on a motorized bike and then he's going to chirp back when the leader of this ride, who's the boss, okay? Matt is the boss of that ride. That thing yes. happens because of Matt, okay? Yes. So what Matt says is Bible, okay? Matt is Jesus, as far as I'm concerned, on okay. Wednesday Night Ride. Okay. And, and I was just appalled that people would come out of the woodwork and take shots at Matt and try to make excuses for this guy and make it acceptable for this guy to ride an e-bike on this ride. It's, Only in yeah. 2021 would that happen, okay? Well, there, there's so much wrong with that. So let's start with... with and he was politely asked not of course to come he back. Was, politely. I, so I've known Matt since 2003, 18 years. Yep. You know, we've gone on trips together. We've raced together. Uh, we've gotten drunk together. Yep. Okay. He's the best. So as far as the ride, okay... The reason the ride has say has stayed consistent all of these past twenty years is because Matt has organized it. That's number one. Number two, he's cultivated a list of a couple of hundred riders. Okay, he goes and previews the route every week to see if there's any construction. Okay, he deals with the local police. Yep. Right. Uh, it's a thankless task. Yeah. For which he receives no money. Right. Okay. So then, uh, there's constant nonsense in this ride. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, I, you know, you had pointed out to me that an e-bike had taken place. And of course I went into Strava and, uh, unsurprisingly made some snarky comments, which, um, uh, I, I think comment number one was, I used an e-bike at Leadville. <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> right. So, so I'm, I'm, there's this meme going around, uh, sort of unrelated, where if anyone's ever gone to Harvard, they work it into the conversation in the first 10 minutes, letting you know that they went to Harvard. That's mm-hmm. how I'm going to talk about Leadville. Absolutely, as you should. So, so <laughs> when I was either, at Leadville. It's either... Uh, pre-Leadville or post-Leadville? Mm-hmm. It's okay. not BC or AC. Okay, it's... very good. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, yeah. I, I, I think, uh, I think people have jumped the shark on things oh, in general. So totally. Uh, um, the thing about the Wednesday ride, which, and it's a little, it's Gimbal's has got a touch of this, but um, I, one of the the warmest memories I ever have was a group ride and some young kid rides up to me and says, are you Morris Sachs? And I, I, I don't get that very often. I get it from time to time, but, um, I said, yes. He says, are you the guy 
who said, it's no fun unless someone's feelings are hurt. And I said, yes. And he said, let me introduce myself. My name is Liam Allen. And <laughs> since then, mm-hmm. we've, been, we've been fast friends, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. But it's important to understand. Now, I can't speak for everybody on these rides, but the ride's not as much fun if everybody finishes that you Mm -hmm. start with. Absolutely. And and to tell you how pathetic and small-minded it is, several Thanksgivings ago, Matt organized the, you know, annual Thanksgiving ride. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to be like a pre-holiday ride. You know, you burn some calories. Okay. So you start at Greenwich High School. You wind your way up through Ridgefield and back to the high school. I think it's like a four-hour ride, maybe something like that. But there's always a couple of guys who turn up who don't really know the route. And Mm -hmm. so back before you could download the routes, it would be one of these deals like we'd get the Ridgefield. And you turn, you make like the right turn on 35. You know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. And it's like you got 90 minutes home if you hammer and mm-hmm. the horse can smell the hay, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for years in a row, we would, we, the, the <laughs> royal we, mm-hmm. would make that right turn on the 35. It, it's initially downhill fast, and you'd be drilling it. And all of a sudden, you hear guys screaming and yelling. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah. and you pretend not to hear them. Oh, hear said, what? <laughs> yep, exactly. Hear what? See ya. Yeah. That's a so, great feeling. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've been on the wrong side of that enough that I feel like, and, and I, I think the days of me being on the right side of that are numbered, but. Uh, well, well, that's why, that's, that's what happened to me. I didn't. I sat on the back for two years. It took me on gimbals to, to, to make it around, to yeah. not get dropped, let alone get in the pace line, let alone like talk to Matt. You know, this was back when it was like, you know, the big Danbury Audi click. So, um, oh, you yeah. know how it was back in the day. So yeah, I kept my mouth shut. <laughs> I didn't speak unless I was spoken to and I stayed out of the way. So for someone to show up on an e-bike yeah. and then run their mouth about it, it was just so, it, it's just such a, a, you know, like a, the just a perfect example of the world that would like the way the world is crazy right now. Well, and by the way, you know, go to the local bike shop and mention this podcast and receive 20% off on a regular bike. <laughs> uh, buddy. All anyway, right, my friend. Awesome to see you. And, uh, so, uh, f- apologies for being a little off cycle, but, uh, oh, no, it's quite all right. We're back to anyway. it. Um, 32 weeks of all-time highs. We'll see you next week, and uh, you enjoy the rest of your weekend. You too, pal. Be well. Thanks, man. Cheers.